You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 22. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hi there. I hope you're having a great week. My today's guest is not new to the Wellness Insider Network podcast. Leslie Carrier talked to me a few months back about vegetarian cooking made from the heart. And we got such a great response that I invited Leslie back today. She is an international gourmet personal chef, educator, cookbook author, and recipe developer. Leslie lives in New England and runs a business that encompasses custom culinary work, food as medicine, and her own organic B&B in Western Massachusetts for private clients. Leslie is a pioneer and national authority on gluten-free cooking and baking, the entire spectrum of whole grains and cooking with wild foods. Today, she will be sharing with us uh, her expertise in a different area, cooking with herbs and spices. Leslie, welcome again to the show. I'm really delighted to have you here. Uh, today, uh, we will go a little bit deeper into our uh, discussion. Last time, uh, Leslie uh, joined me on Wellness Insider Network. We uh, talked about uh, vegetarian cooking from the heart. And it was very interesting to hear about Leslie's journey and suggestions and resources. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper into one specific topic. And this is a topic of spices. So, Leslie, before we talk about spices. Can you tell us a little bit of how you started? Why cooking became a passion in your life? Well, I always loved to eat. And um, back in the late 70s, I had a university teaching position. I have a master's degree in movement sciences and education from Teachers College, Columbia University. So I went down to eastern Kentucky to teach and um, visited a health food store that had all these beans and grains that I'd never seen before, did not grow up, but was wildly adventurous and curious. And every time I would go to the store, I would quiz the owners, what's this and how do you cook it? And I would bring home a new ingredient each time. And then I would keep um, a list in the kitchen of what ingredients I would put in the pot or the wok or the bread. And, um, and that, pad filled quite quickly. A lot of people back in those days were keeping journals of dreams and I was keeping lists of ingredients, not even thinking that um, I would make the switch to become an organic farm-to-table vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free chef uh, and write many cookbooks, develop recipes for individuals and companies, and off I go on to a career that um, highlights food and helping people be more inquisitive and adventurous in widening their repertoire with organic farm-to-table ingredients. 
That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, so last time uh, when we talked, um, I know that we discussed uh, some of more specific areas, like, for example, grains and a variety of other ones. And today I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about spices and how you cook with spices. So um, to begin with this, I kind of wanted to ask you um, whether spices is something that you were used to in your childhood and whether your parents, your mom, uh, cooked with uh, spices. My parents, let's see, my mom was um, cooking a lot out of cans and frozen foods, uh, lots of fresh vegetables and fruits, okay. but wasn't really a cook. Okay. Um, both my grandmothers were from scratch cooks, but I don't remember like them being really into all kinds of ethnic cuisine, you know, more like um, Russia, Polish, Jewish spices, mm-hmm. um, definitely some, but not really the way that I've expanded on it. I mean, I'm, I'm a self-taught chef. I've been doing this for about 40 years now, and um, I remember back in the, sometime in the 80s when I was teaching myself how to cook, I would sit down with uh, several different vegetarian Italian cookbooks to look up minestrone, Mm -hmm. how to make a soup. And pretty early on, I realized there was not one right way. And that was pretty exciting so that the vegetables can switch with the seasons. The herb and spice combination wasn't etched in stone. There were certainly certain spices like, say, basil, oregano, thyme that might be cross the board in various different soups, but sometimes you could make it spicy with a little cayenne. Sometimes you could use garlic, sometimes some rosemary or sage. So I got really excited about how, even if I were using the same vegetables, I could change the herbs and so that I could have infinite variations and tasty meals. That That is a, an, a wonderful idea and wonderful thought because um, I just remember my childhood and my upbringing. I think I mentioned to you that um, even though I really liked my mom's cooking, um, she didn't use a lot of spices. And part of it was because uh, I was uh, born and brought up in Ukraine. And so it was salt, pepper and cinnamon. And so uh, everything that I have learned about spices... Um, pretty much happened here on my own. And uh, what was really fascinating to me about spices is their history. Do you know a little bit about history of spices? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I know that, um, you know, spices have been used to kind of mask flavors, whether the food was fresh or not. Mm -hmm. But in in a good way, I think chefs all around the world understood that there were certain herbs and spices that aided digestion. And many of those are also aid the immune system and just about everything that keeps us well. Um, And many of those herbs and spices are even shaped like the stomach. So Mm -hmm. the carminative herbs have that doctrine of signature. So when I was doing an herbal apprenticeship, I rejoiced in that because it meant I didn't have to like memorize things. I could really look at the plants and say, oh, hmm, what could that be good for? Well, the plant has these seeds and the seeds like caraway seeds or dill seeds or even ginger, you know, look like the stomach. And um, so that became really exciting to think about the history of cooks all over the world using 
what was local to them to make dishes that would have particular flavors. And then in another part of the world, there might be some of those same herbs and spices and different ones. So then you can use different ones and some of the same. And so, again, I loved that infinite possibilities of what we now call fusion mm -hmm. cooking um, so that you can use, you know, ginger in Indian cooking or ginger in Asian cooking and um, depending on the other variations of the spices and the vegetables, you can create, again, uh, what I think I love the most about cooking with herbs and spices is it just brings so much flavor and healing and that's been happening for centuries. Yes, that's that's great. So you're talking about combinations. Um, let's say there is someone who is either starting to learn from <clears throat> you or just anyone that is might be listening to this podcast and they're saying, well, I don't have 40 years of experience, so where do I begin? How do I start exploring these things? And is there something that you can recommend uh, to this person like maybe small baby steps that they could take initially to become a little bit more comfortable and a little braver when they use uh, spices? Well, for one thing, I teach cooking classes privately in groups, and I'm also contemplating um, doing a weekend workshop at my place in Western Massachusetts mm -hmm. where we can go into my herb garden and we can go to, uh, to the farm and we can use fresh and dried spices and that way people can start to engage all their senses as well as learn from a chef with 40 years experience. Um, people can also consult books. Mm -hmm. There are loads of books on herbs and spices. Many vegetarian cookbooks are based on using herbs and spices because that's what gives vegetarian global cuisine its flavors. So mm -hmm. depending on what kind of learner you are, what kind of budget you have, you can look online, you can look in cookbooks such as mine. Um, you know, I've written several cookbooks and I often talk about how, you know, which spices are Mexican, which spices are Indian, which will make spices um, for a French dish or an Asian dish. So I'm often giving that information in classes and in my cookbooks. That's great. Thank you. Um, I remember reading a book by uh, Michael Pollan, who is a New York Times journalist, who uh, it was called Cooked. And I remember when he was um, talking about starting uh, most of his meals or most of his stews with just a handful of spices, it, it struck me that, yes, indeed, the reality of it is, is that very often we start with a combination of three or four things and then whatever else is being added to it will really determine the flavor and will really determine uh, how the dish will come out and what, what type of cuisine it will be really uh, most, uh, um, uh, most uh, similar to. And so, um, but knowing how to cook with several of these uh, ingredients is really important. So do you have a couple that you usually start your pot with? Let's see. Um, it depends, again, like what I'm looking for. Like one of my favorite dishes these days is just to make a vegetable lo mein. Mm -hmm. And so I will start with some ginger and some garlic mm -hmm. and just start sauteing that with um, some organic virgin coconut oil and maybe a little sweet rice uh, wine, like a mirin and some tamari. And that could be the basis for my lo mein or my Asian dish. 
if I'm doing something African, you know, I might use some cumin seeds and a little bit of cayenne and some fenugreek and allspice. So I've got my different combinations depending on, you know, whether I'm cooking a grain, whether I'm cooking just vegetables, whether I'm cooking a stew or a soup, whether I, if I want an Indian, I'll generally use some turmeric, some ginger, um, again, the cumin, some coriander, some cinnamon. Um, I usually will take like a handful, four or five things to get a dish going. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the important thing for everyone to know is you add the spices first okay. and you add your herbs at the end of cooking because they're more delicate flavored. So the spices can withstand cooking for a while and they will just really flavor a dish, particularly beans. It'll aid the digestion of beans as well. And then at the end, if you want to add some fresh or dried thyme or rosemary or sage, you know, the herbs, you add them at the end and then you taste. And the other thing to keep in mind is when you add salt, it will sometimes make things spicier. Mm. So one of the things I love teaching people is like, let's say you were overzealous in your seasoning and you just sort of threw in um, a, a little bit more curry powder or a little bit more chili pepper than you thought you did. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing you want to do is add salt because that will bring up the heat. Very so I love teaching people how to correct it if something's too spicy or too sour or too sweet. You can make those changes and balance the dish with herbs and spices as well. That's great. So one thing that I wanted to mention is that when someone who is uh, uh, trying to learn how to cook with herbs and spices, spices are usually either seeds or it might be a root or it might be something similar, right? And then when you're talking about herbs, this, these are going to be leaves primarily, like you mentioned the uh, oregano and thyme and basil. So, And so the other element that I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned that when you are cooking or when you're teaching your classes that you would um, talk about use of dried herbs and spices and then fresh herbs. Can you talk about the difference between cooking with fresh herbs versus uh, dried herbs? Well, quantity is one of them. You know, let's say I was using, um, you know, a cup of basil. I mm -hmm. want to make a pesto or a, a cup of cilantro. You know, I want to make a cilantro peanut sauce or something like that. If I'm out of the fresh cilantro, I might use some coriander. Um, and that's one of the interesting things about herbs and how it changes names. Cilantro is the leaf, and as it becomes a seed, it changes names in English to coriander. Mm -hmm. So I could use um, the spice. It becomes a spice. It, be it goes back to its seed. Um, and, and so you would use much less of something dried and much more of something fresh. And there are some rules, like I've seen, like it could be three times more um, for fresh. Um, so in other words, if you were using like a cup of basil, you might use a third of a cup of dried. Okay. But also you look at how fresh your ingredients are. Mm -hmm. Some basil you just picked in your garden, and that is super fresh, and you may not use as much. Mm -hmm. Some dried spices or herbs you might have in your kitchen for several years, and you open the 
jar and it has no smell. So even if you use two cups of that, you've kind of got nothing. So you need to pay attention to how fresh things are. And when you smell them, whether you yourself is really attracted to it. So you may look at a recipe and go, it needs this. And then you smell it and you go, you know what? I'm just not feeling like I want to put rosemary in there. I can't explain why, but Mm -hmm. maybe I put a pinch. So I think what I love encouraging people to do is really pay attention, be mindful, and don't look for these cross the boards. You Mm -hmm. know, always be like, add a little, you can always add more. That's a that's a great advice. Thank you. Um, so, Leslie, you mentioned the freshness of uh, herbs and spices. So uh, a question that I have for you, I'm looking for tips and tricks on this. Um, mm-hmm. When uh, whether you are picking things from your own garden, or whether you're getting them from farmer's market or maybe even supermarket, um, when you bring fresh uh, herbs home, what do you do with them? How do you prolong their shelf life? How do you make sure that they actually last more than a day or two? Uh, do you have any suggestions? Sure. Um, I just did a, a photo shoot for a company I developed recipes for, and it was uh, March, and um, the, we wanted to get some fresh basil for the shoot. Um, and so I bought some, I spent the money to get organic, and it wasn't in fabulous shape because it was coming from South America this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I brought it home, and I mean, it ult- ultimately what one can do is you can put it in the refrigerator under a wet kitchen towel to mm-hmm. preserve its shelf life. Um, you can sometimes put it in a glass of water if mm-hmm. you're gonna use it. You can put it in the fridge if you're gonna use it right away. You can keep it on the counter, but most herbs, um, you know, will come from a supermarket or a co-op mm-hmm. in some kind of a plastic container. Right. And I usually will take it out of the plastic container, put it in my vegetable drawer, maybe with the other greens, and cover it with a wet dish towel. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. So the the other thing about it, like, for example, one trick that I learned is that if I buy ginger root that uh, and if I leave it in refrigerator and I don't use it very quickly, it actually spoils. But someone taught me that if you actually freeze it, if you put it in your freezer and I usually I don't chop it, but I cut it into smaller pieces um, and freeze it, uh, it can last for a very long time. And so it's very easy for me to use it for, I often use ginger for making ginger tea, uh, ginger uh, tea with uh, lemon and honey, but you can also use it for cooking. And so that was a very useful trick for me. Do you have any other ones that you could teach us? Yes. In fact, um, there are some local organic farmers near me that grow organic ginger and turmeric and I buy I don't know maybe 12 to 15 pounds of their ginger Mm -hmm. and I put it in the freezer in freezer bags and I use it all year round Um, you know I buy as much as I can fresh and then when the season is over I will put it in the freezer and when I make my chai or or I'm cooking with ginger or turmeric sometimes I'll chop it or grate it frozen and Mm -hmm. stick the rest of it back in the freezer. Uh If you defrost it, you will end up with mush, and and you certainly can defrost it maybe an hour or two before you're going to use it, and then it won't be quite so spongy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And those are only things that I freeze as whole spices. You know, I will make pestos and freeze that as its own pesto. Okay. And that keeps really, really well. Um, and then um, I usually will buy herbs and spices from a company such as, say, Simply Organic or Frontier Herbs, mm -hmm. where they have good shelf life dates. And okay. then I don't have to worry about what am I going to do with it? It's usually got at least one to two years on it. That's great. But can you talk a little bit more about the shelf life in terms of, you know, like if you go in a supermarket and you see this huge container of cinnamon, good idea, not a good idea. What are your thoughts? Well, if you're buying in bulk, that's a great way to save money. It's mm -hmm. also wonderful to know if that place has a good fast turnover mm -hmm. so that they're constantly refilling that big jar. And what I do when I buy in bulk is I will constantly be changing the size of the jar so that I won't have oxidation occur. There won't be a lot of air headspace in the jar. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like I will buy like a whole pound of anise stars. I will buy a whole pound of cardamom because I'm making chai all year round. Mm -hmm. I will buy a pound of cinnamon sticks. And once I open that pound bag, I will transfer it to, say, a half-gallon jar. Mm -hmm. As I go through that half-gallon jar and I see there's a lot of headspace, I'll move it down to a quart jar, a pint jar, a cup jar, a half a cup jar, mm -hmm. so that I've got the least amount of air in there, and then it, it has a chance to be as fresh and vibrant as when I opened the pound package. That's great. Do you store them in glass containers or do you store in plastic? I store in glass so that all my little urban spice jars, those are all glass. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and the big jars, you know, whatever I need is glass. I try to use as little plastic as possible. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So um, another question that I have for you, um, something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. Actually, let me ask you uh, two different things. So you mentioned uh, pestos. Um, do you ever uh, use um, fresh herbs, uh, whether it is basil or thyme or anything uh, like that, um, and uh, save it in oil or butter or something similar in the freezer? I don't do that in the freezer, but I do make my own um, infused flavored oils and vinegars. Okay. In fact, in one of my cookbooks, Going Wild in the Kitchen, I have a whole chapter on that. Okay. And that's a nice way to preserve summer in a bottle. Um, and then you can use it all year round. And it's a rather easy step. You pretty much, if you're making um, an oil, you can take... The spice, you can make a basil oil or you mm -hmm. can make your own your own blend. Like I make um, uh, my own chili oil, which mm -hmm. will have some fresh chopped chilies. It will have some cilantro, some basil, some um, often I'll use garlic chive flowers because that's what's happening at that time of year. Mm -hmm. And I will, um, you know, fill a jar maybe three quarters of the way and then cover it in extra virgin olive oil. Okay. And then cover that, put a dish under it, put it on a windowsill, and the sun will start extracting all the flavors. And then in two to six weeks, I will keep tasting it. I, I can strain out all the material, all the herbs and spices, and be left with this incredible flavored oil 
that I can use for, you know, over a year because I always make more than I need. I give away some as gifts. So it's a wonderful gift idea for the holidays. Yes. And um, and it's a nice way to, um, you know, you won't need to freeze anything. Okay. I know a lot of people will blend up basil and um, some put it in ice cube trays with a little olive oil. Right. That's and then what they'll pop that out. And I usually will do the whole pesto. Okay. And I'll make some with um, local artisan uh, organic cheeses that were that were raised on grass, those animals. And I might do it with hemp seeds and garlic and hemp oil or different kinds of nuts and seeds. So I have variety. And then sometimes for me, in the winter, I, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I could pull out a taste of that summer mm-hmm. on certain days when I'm like, yeah, I think I need a little more heat and memory of how warm and beautiful it was when I picked those herbs and spices. That is so beautiful. So, Leslie, you have mentioned variety of different oils that you combine with spices. And I also, uh, earlier in our conversation, you talked about when you begin the cooking process that you actually cook the um, your spices in some type of oil. You you talked a little bit about coconut oil and variety of different ones. Can you talk about why oils mix so well with spices and what is it about the uh, oils that really brings up the flavor and makes it a lot more vibrant for us? Sure. Um, in, in my cookbook, Gluten-Free Recipes for the Conscious Cook, I talk about the different ways you can cook grains to bring out different flavors. And when you use oils, you bring out a richer quality. Mm -hmm. So if I were dry roasting the grains, for instance, I might get them individuated and more nutty. And then if I fry them with spices, I'm going to infuse the flavors of the spices into the grains or the beans or the vegetables. So the oil becomes a rich flavor enhancer as well as all the wonderful properties that oils have for our for our health that's wonderful that is absolutely beautiful thank you um couple of uh things that i wanted to ask you of once again going back to a uh, beginner cook if someone is uh, listening to this and thinking hmm that sounds really interesting all these herbs and spices but i'm really hesitant because i'm afraid of heat um, what are your what are your thoughts on this? You mean he- heat, heat not inter- not the temperature, but the spiciness. Ah, well, you can make you know infinite amount of dishes without any heat, if you want. You know that heat is heat is optional. And whenever I do add you know like some ground cayenne to a dish, it's not the predominant flavor. Mm-hmm. I, I like things mildly spicy. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you don't like the heat at all, then omit it. I mean, there are so many herbs that you can use that aren't really hot, you know, for instance, like dill is Mm -hmm. not really hot. Um, and that's a really nice flavor. And the other thing people can do is experiment, you know, for instance, you could use dill and maybe add a pinch of cayenne and see Mm -hmm. how it, it works. You could omit all the chili peppers if you want. Sometimes you can get quite a bit of heat by using a lot of ginger. And um, some people find that can be too spicy. 
So I think it's really about, you know, being very present in the moment and feeling what you're attracted to. So yes, there's a lot of smarts in cooking, a lot of, you know, 40 years for me of doing what I do. So I have an intuitive sense and, but I still love coming up with different combinations. And as the seasons change, different herbs will be more plentiful. So for instance, in the summer, my herb garden has plenty of marjoram. Mm -hmm. So I've made pestos with marjoram. And sometimes I've used mint, which would be cooling. So you can, you can totally avoid the heat if you're feeling timid about it. Okay, that that's great. Although I do have to say that I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine, and he is someone who travels quite a bit. And one of his recommendations to me and to my students was that um, if you are somewhat uncertain about the food that you're consuming, it's a, it's a good idea to get into habit of adding some hot sauce or adding some chilies. And what you mentioned earlier about the health benefit and digestive properties and antibacterial properties that a lot of these hotter spices uh, carry. So um, I, it took me a little while to get used to the, the hotter um, uh, tastes, but I think that it's a good ex- experiment and good habit to get uh, into, trying a little bit of something that might be hotter than what you're typically used to. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I think that um, some people I've noticed, you know, food doesn't taste well, they just throw hot sauce on Mm. it. I've seen people do that at at restaurants or various places when they're away from home. Some people just have sluggish digestion. And so the hot sauce or the hot herbs and spices will kind of get kick, kick their stomach into gear. I think I always go for pleasure. Okay. So it, I'm not about, you know, this might be good for me, hold my nose and eat it. Okay. I, I feel like everyone has different constitutions, as you know, from Ayurvedic. Sure. Um, and some people, you know, the hotter, the better. And other people, you know, a little bit goes a long way. So I feel like for myself as an eater and for my clients and students, I say, you know, Make it so that it tastes really great, really luscious, really like I need another bite to eat that. Um, Make it yummy. Um, Don't make it medicinal. Um, You know, if you're afraid that the food might have gone bad, some people will feel like, well, we just put more hot sauce. It will kill anything on there. And um, I feel like our our taste buds are sacred and um, they do tell us what's good for us, what tastes good to us, and uh, I wouldn't bypass them for anything. Uh, I love love this advice. It's very, very wise. Um, It also does bring me back to the whole idea of history of spices and how Europeans were really using huge amount of spices. And this is, in reality, this is why they they found America uh, when Columbus was traveling and looking for that spice route. Um, but uh, when, if you start reading the books about the spices in the Middle Ages, it, it's just the they were using kilograms and pounds of spices for each meal just to protect themselves against anything that is spoiled. And thank God we have refrigeration today, and we're not really dealing with the same mm-hmm. issues that they might have. 
Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agree. For sure. For sure. Um, uh, Leslie, you talked about a number of cookbooks that you have written, and I will be sure to include them in the show notes. Are there any other ones, uh, any resources, not just books, but you also mentioned a couple of different companies where you purchase things from? Anything that you would recommend for the listener of this episode? Sure. Um, well, certainly my cookbooks. Thank you for recommending them. That's wonderful. I um, also will 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 re um, uh, talk about frontier herbs mm-hmm. and simply organic herbs. There's Mountain Rose Herbs. There's many many organic companies that are sourcing herbs and spices all over the world and doing fair trade organic which is important to me as well. Like I don't want anybody to be exploited just so that I can have cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people can do their own research. Again, um, there are lots of herb and spice companies um, that are doing the right thing. And I know I've been working with Frontier Herbs and Simply Organic for many, many years. And they've got great quality and um, and they're all, you know, their distribution is, is certainly nationwide for mm-hmm. sure, as, as much as I know it. Um, I think there's loads and loads of blogs. I haven't discovered everything. Okay. But I know that um, I'm on Instagram, and, and I've, I've seen different herbalists post different things about how they're using herbs and spices to enhance people's um, immunities, different recipes that they're doing. Um there's a local herbalist. Uh, I think she goes by Milk and Honey Herbs. Mm-hmm. Jade, I forget her last name. I don't know how to say it, but I could email that to you as sure. well. Um, just there's so many different people to consult. But again, um, I love turning people on to being their own inner consultant to, to taste things. But I did spend quite a bit of time reading. So I would look... If you're a vegetarian, as am I, I would look at the wealth of vegetarian cookbooks out there Mm -hmm. and see like, oh, this one has this recipe. Oh, that one has that recipe. Oh, that that looks good. And just read, 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 taste, taste, taste. I love that recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Leslie, as we're coming to an end of our conversation, I have two questions for you. So one of them, is there anything else that you want uh, this audience to know about herbs and spices? And then my second one is, how can someone learn more uh, with you and about you? Let's see. Um, Well, they can go to my website, which is www dot lesliecarrier.com and that is l-e-s-l-i-e-c as in chef e-r-i-e-r.com there are probably hundreds of recipes on the site using herbs and spices and various different vegetarian staples many i've developed for organic food companies natural food companies some are from cookbooks so there's a wealth of information on there as well as a cooking class schedule and how to work with me privately and do your own gourmet getaway weekend with me near Amherst, Massachusetts in the woods. As far as anything else in terms of learning about herbs and spices, I also have an article on my website about how you can grow your own herbs and spices on a windowsill. 
So for those listeners who might be living in an apartment and would just love to be able to grow a few herbs, there's that article that you could do a search for. And then you can grow a few herbs of your own and at least have the joy of harvesting something fresh um, as we move into spring right now. That is such a great advice. Thank you. I will uh, make sure to find the article and to link it to the show notes. And certainly uh, we'll do the same with uh, your uh, website. Leslie, thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, It was a privilege and uh, always uh, wonderful to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation with Leslie Carrier. I have created a summary of some of Leslie's uh, tips on spices, and you can find it along with all the resources mentioned during the interview in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 22. Please subscribe to the show to get the future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. This episode is proudly brought to you by Spice It Up, creative cooking with herbs and spices. Spice It Up is a weekend workshop that Leslie will offer on June 29th through July 1st at her home and her organic vegetable garden. Please check out the links in the show notes for additional information. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you.